0: Welcome back to the Hidden Jewels podcast. Roxanne and I are so delighted today to share with you our conversation with Marlene Dickinson. Wow, she is such a talented woman. And not only is she talented, her heart for God is truly astounding to me. I walked away from this conversation with a greater view of how big God is and how small I am. And somehow that gave me so much peace. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get to it. Marlene, I'm so grateful that
1: you've joined us
0: today. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm honored to be here and to get to know you guys a little bit. And also, shout out to my good friend, Debbie Robbins. <laughs> Yes.
2: We we love Debbie Robbins because she brings us quality people like Marlene. Yes. Thank you, Marlene, for taking time. Thank you, Debbie, for the recommendation. And you know our heart, Marlene, in this podcast, it's to literally encourage others to remember the faithfulness of God as we share stories about his faithfulness in our lives.
1: Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So on that note, Marlene, we would love to just hear how your journey of faith started.
1: Sure. Well, I uh, never step up to the mic when someone's sharing their life story because mine's not that interesting. <laughs> but, the Lord, <laughs> but the Lord is interesting. Uh, I have no no dramatic um, tales to tell. I was saved uh, at the ripe old age of three from a baby bit. No, <laughs> I was saved... Uh, uh, in high school, but I was, I grew up in a Christian home, and I knew my parents honored the Lord and loved the Lord. We were very active in church, um, but I came to be exposed to people in high school who had a deeper walk and a deeper understanding of their faith, and it scared me, of course, um, and we are, we're fearful of what we do not understand, and I did not understand, and <clears throat> I remember th- calling them Jesus freaks, and uh They used to meet for prayer, and of course, we just saw Jesus Revolution, and that's practically my generation, so you can understand the tension. And I'm like, I go to church, I, I honor God, what else do I need? Um, and they invited me to, they would meet for prayer in the choir room because our choir teacher, this was public school, but he was a believer he would let them come in before school and have prayer. And I guess they were allowed to do that. Um, I don't, I don't remember hiding anyway, they invited me and that really created attention in my heart. Um, and because they were friends, uh, and I thought, what's going to be my excuse for not going? Um, so of course I finally showed up and, um the Lord, you know, as he, as he is always at work, it's just a matter of whether or not we recognize it. So I think between my, um, uh, I, I have a distinct memory of being very concerned about being popular and in when I was a freshman and sophomore and a distinct memory of making a choice, uh, when I went into my junior year, um, that that was really a road to nowhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and what, what was that going to mean when, every, when the crowd dispersed and you had to actually survive in the world instead of just worry about your reputation at school? Um, and then between my junior and senior year, the Lord moved in a, in a great way. And I have a sense of ha- coming to a realization that uh, I, the only freedom I could find from fear would be to follow the Lord.
2: Mm. I love that. That's awfully young to get. I mean, that's a profound realization. I, I'm sure God has peeled layers of that onion, but that's yeah. profound for you to go. The only freedom I could really get was in the foundation of the Lord. Right. Our right. listeners, that's a definite take home. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, and, you know, I was actually just reading in a book, um, and the author said that all of our choices are based on either fear, desire, or needs, and I that just struck me as you said that and how important it is to be free of that fear because we don't want to make decisions based on fear,
1: Right. Exactly, And I, and a great number of our decisions are made all, all of our life direction is, is fear of, yeah, yeah well, I, I, I do believe that.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I actually remember my mom telling me when we were considering homeschooling, she said, well, whatever you do, don't make that decision based on fear of what might happen, right. you know, if you do or you don't. So right. I thought that
2: was really wise. So I love yes. that. Wise counsel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so did you stop fearing in high school? <laughs> uh, I I I do not have a lot of fear in my life. I'm afraid of the things that I should be afraid of, like snakes. <laughs> I I don't. There are lots and lots, plenty of things that I would never welcome. <laughs> uh, but just knowing intellectually, actually through watching other people all my life survive and be sustained through what I would think of as unthinkable circumstances um, and seeing them come out the other side and though though he slay me yet will I praise him seeing that people the Lord sustains us through unthinkable horror and it's like manna in in the desert, if the Lord told me, you're going to go through this, this, and this, you would, you would say, well, shoot me now because I can't survive that, right? Yeah. But then just one day at a time, as people going through terrible trauma often say, one day at a time, they use yeah. that phrase, um, he gives us what we need. And then you look back, and I'm not speaking for myself because I have not been through horrific trauma. I'm speaking for other people that I watch that I've learned from who say, you look back and you say, I didn't think I could survive that, but you you gave me what I needed. Yeah. Arlene, so-
2: that speaks so loudly mm. to the testimony of our lives being impactful into the lives of another. Mm. I mean, you're you were watching living stories and it built your faith.
1: It builds your faith. Yeah. My sister's a Bible teacher, and I sat in on her group last week, and there were two. the first two women who shared about their lives. One had lost one child, and one had lost two. Mm -hmm. Losing two children, it's unthinkable. Mm -hmm. And here they are at Bible study seeking the Lord. And I'm like, well, so I see how the Lord has sustained them. And this tells me, I don't want that. I don't invite that, but I'm no different than they are. And he will sustain in the same way if we choose, if we choose to let him. So yeah, great inspiration from watching other people.
2: Mm, I love that. I love that. He will sustain us. and So you're implying that it takes two to tango and that even though he's a sustaining, grace-giving strength-giving God if we don't draw on it.
1: Right, right, right. If you have $100 in your back pocket, but you don't know it's there, it doesn't do you any good. So yeah, you have to say, I know you're there, creator of the foundation of the world. You can manage this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Marlene, I know we had talked about this before we started recording and I was so anxious to hear You know, you are passionate about talking about how the Lord has really helped you through the years, understand who you really are in light of who he is. So I would love to hear more about your journey in that.
1: Mm. Well, you know, you, you can't know the real deal. Uh, uh, you, You can't compare two things unless you're whole, you can't, you can't know light until unless you've seen darkness. You know, mm-hmm. darkness defines light, light defines darkness, evil defines good, good defines evil. You you have mm-hmm. to have something to compare it to. And um, I heard years ago, uh, nothing you're going to hear from me is original, by the way. I just, you're just, it just comes through me like a, I'm just passing on things I've learned from other people. Um, but the, uh, I th- it might have been Ma- Mike Iaconelli who said, it's in, un- it's in knowing who God is that we understand who we are. Yeah. Um, you, we're not floating out there free in the universe. It's knowing, pulling the camera back. If you're a filmmaker, you pull the camera back and do an establishing shot at the top where you say, this is the world. And sometimes it might start micro-focused on, you know, a child singing a song. And then we pull back and back and back and back and back. So if you pull that camera of our lives back, what do you see? I am one soul in... Um, millions of, billions of people on the earth, uh, layers thick, just in this moment in time, in a snapshot. Now, go backward and ask yourself, how far back is that timeline going to go? Beyond what I can understand, beyond what I can comprehend. How far forward might it go? Beyond what I can understand. So if I pull this camera back and I say, okay, if I'm God, this is my eye, this is what I see. So that tells me a lot about who I am on that little speck, <laughs> on, that little mm. t- on that little timeline. So for me to take myself so seriously, my pastor is fond of saying, we do not take ourselves too seriously. We take God very seriously. Mm. And I think there's such wisdom in that. So context is everything. And nothing I will ever experience has not been experienced even currently by zillions of people, not to mention all those who've gone before. So just having a sense of context gives uh, a lot of grounding for our lives, I think, and helps us. You know, it's kind of like you have a young athlete who maybe just barely makes it as the last pick on a team. What if he ran out onto the floor and for his first game, and he grabs the microphone, and he and he makes a big announcement to everyone. Thank you all for showing up for my for my thing, you know. And thanks the coach. Thank thanks coach for being here. Thank you all, your team members, for being here. My thing, you know. He's God's not part of what I'm doing. I'm part of what he's doing. Yeah. So understanding our relationship uh, to him makes all the difference. I'm just lucky to be invited on on the parade. I'm just blessed. The parade's parade's already going.
0: Oh, that's so good. It's so good. I actually just read a quote uh, again this weekend about how um, we can't know ourselves unless we know God. And and vice versa. It's like we have to know our smallness to know his bigness. You know, that exactly. that same thing of light versus dark, it's it's all in context. I love that. And I love that picture of the absurdity of this player saying, hey, hey, you know, thanks for coming yeah. to my thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's how we live. That that's is how we live in our in our minds, right? right. We right. we get very big in our worlds. Right. Yeah, (laughs) I I remember one of my pastors saying um, we will go wrong if we start with man and work our way up to God, (laughs) but we won't get it wrong if we start with who God is and work our way back down to to us. So that's so helpful. My brain's going to be rolling on that for the rest of the day, I think, Marlene. Thank you for that.
2: I know. I know.
1: I love it. That's I'm so sure good. it didn't come from me. So
2: <laughs> Marlene, I, I, I agree with you. I get the opportunity to speak a lot. And honestly, since there's nothing new under the sun, I, I feel like people ought to know that everything's stolen from everybody all the time. It's but expensive. I don't think I don't think people know that. And I may something say something my pastor said. I may say something you said, Marlene. I'm confident I'm getting ready to say something you said in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I try and remember to give credit to who. And then finally I was just like, nothing's doing no son anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. We're all we're all an intricate tapestry of his purpose and his plan. And our thread is important and our life is important, but in the scheme of all eternity, uh, there's a God that's much more, has you know much more going on. I love when you said um uh God is not part of what I am doing. I am invited to be a part of what He is doing. And Karna and I have spoken before about the whole idea of being invited. I mean, we're all invited. It's like the $100 bill you have in your back pocket that you don't spend. I mean, I think we're invited into this power filled, intimate relationship. But that doesn't mean we live in it. We're just invited to. We're invited. So true. Uh, thank you, Marlene, for sharing it. us. Oh,
0: pleasure. Well, you uh, gave us an example of filmmaking, which probably gave everyone a little clue as to what you've been passionate about and working on in your life. And, um, and so I would love to hear about God's purposes in your life and how he has been revealing that to you.
1: Thank you. That's it. Is a truly a passion of mine. I have always, always loved the arts and been a student of the arts my entire life. I still am. I'm in class all the time, um, learning from people who could be my grandchildren. I stand at the ballet bar next to kids who could be my grandchildren. Um, I take classes from people and just always, always learning. But the thing that I think the Lord has impressed upon me is that the performing arts are a gift from God. You know, who but God could think up such a thing as music? Um, It's like the ocean or Niagara Falls. Or if I tell you, uh, a, a, a young woman who knew she was adopted from India turns 18. She wants to go meet her birth family. She looks up Uh, the um, orphanage, she gets the paperwork, she contacts them and finds out the people are still living. She books a flight to India, she gets in the cab, she goes to the orphanage, she walks in the door and we are naturally hardwired to say, what, (laughs) what happened next? We, it's a gift from God, our, our curiosity and the ability to tell and follow and engage in story is uh, only only God could think this up so the power and the power of movement of course and dance primitive precedes both of these things people dance before they walk <laughs> babies dance they feel rhythm in their body it's it's these are gifts from the Lord and so uh, I've always felt that uh, God stewards these gifts to say gives some people to care for and protect and grow these gifts and uh, it, they're not necessarily all believers, C- uh, great, sk- highly skilled, talented people in all of these areas uh, are able to command our attention and, and keep our focus. And uh, I think I've always thought that's God's gift, being well used by a person who maybe doesn't understand fully how much they are loved by the Lord. Uh, but I still admire the craft <laughs> uh, and the work, and I'm still a student of the work, and um, so I just have always felt like I'm a steward of God's gift of the performing arts. And I've been in a lot of situations my whole life where I'm able to uh, disciple younger artists. I love to dis- uh, see young students discover their God-given gifts in the arts. And then I love to help fan the flame. And if the parents recognize it, a lot of, especially homeschool parents are very good at recognizing. They'll come, they'll say, my child is forever dancing around the house or singing or acting out history. You know, what do I do with this? Because we're well instructed in what to do with athletic skill. We know where to take our kids. We don't always know what to do with uh, our children or grandchildren who show artistic gifting. And it's quite frightening to many families um, uh, because we associate those professions with not necessarily always the most godly environments sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we don't wanna drop our kids off in certain environments, not knowing what the influence is. Um, Or we don't want our child to go that direction professionally. These are all understandable things, but I've always felt strongly that the the answer to that is not for us to uh, shy away from those industries, but to infiltrate those industries. Uh, the it all belongs to God. Hollywood does not own the film industry; God owns the film industry. Broadway <laughs> does Broadway does not own the stage industry, God owns this. God owns the stage. God owns the expression. So I actually feel like it's our responsibility not to abdicate those expressions and those venues to, um, uh, strictly to, to people who may not share our worldview. Uh, we want to have a, a, a voice in this. And you've probably heard this expression again, not mine. Um, if, if you don't have a place at the table, you're probably on the menu. And I I think we find ourselves often as believers in artistic settings on the menu because we we have shied away from these, uh, from infiltrating these industries. So now people are fighting our way back. And so this is why you see so many people making Christian film now. And... um, We need to support these people. They don't have blockbuster budgets yet. They will. And here's how you know they will, because the evolution of the Christian music industry has happened in my lifetime. When I was a teenager, I walked in church. It was like you're in a time warp. Nothing I heard in church sounded anything like what I heard on the radio. Now, what has happened over the last 50 years? Early pioneers said, we can create music, we can make music that will, all, that will carry the message of truth in a different package, same, same message, different package than the classic hymnody, which is, of course, not enough could ever be said about that, but there are other ways to express that truth. So that whole, look at what we have now in the Christian music industry wonderful, gifted, talented people whose artistry can be held up any day to not the non-Christian music industry. That's where we're headed in the film industry. We just need this evolution that's happening, and this is the evolution that I hope to have, that will happen in the stage business. Hmm. I, I feel like we need um, representation, not just as actors, because actors... Don't have a voice. Actors say someone else's words. Dancers right. don't have a voice. Dancers do someone else's movement. What we need are writers. <laughs> so um, I went on about that. Sorry, because I'm so passionate about it um, and could, could go off on a couple of other areas. But I'll, I'll stop there and allow you to respond or redirect or however you choose to, uh, to send us next.
0: Well, I think I'm just sitting here in awe and, um, you know, I have a couple of kids of my own that are, um, well, more than just two, um, that are really drawn to some of the arts and very talented. So you were speaking to me about those fears and, um, and so I'm already like, I can't wait to finish this so I can send it, this recording yeah. to them oh, great. to hear great. and to be inspired um, because I, like I have- him. Go ahead, Roxanne.
2: Well, I just like when she said Christians should not abdicate the arts because of fear. They should infiltrate it. I was like, yes, that's so good. And Mm -hmm. Karna, you have given them the sword and given them a foundation. And for you to even talk about the big elephant in the room of what's going on in the arts and what's going on in the kingdom and what's going on and where is the solid ground. And I love when uh, Marlene talked about but when you're gifted and you're kind of assigned like you're a kid growing up and you just love to dance what are you supposed to do as a mom squelter that right yeah, yeah you you typically want to put him in a dance studio and then you think oh should i put him in a dance studio and i love when you give him a solid foundation and put him in the dance studio and even around us we are doing things in our local uh, community just called celebration of the, Ar- the arts and it's and it's really um uh, Arts revealing the sun. A R T S. Arts revealing the sun. Beautiful. And more of that's coming. And Marlene, I'm so excited because I have been naive in watching the uh, evolution of the music industry, and and I am aware of all the Christian films that come out, and I love it. But I love that you are projecting. This is coming. Mm-hmm. This infiltration needs to happen.
1: Yes. 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 Where we are working, I, I'm a fan of uh, training students. You want to be protective in their environment. So you want to teach them excellent craft in a faith-based environment. So you want to be very selective where you drop your student off. But then when once we are adults and trained, I, I'm not for a separate economy of just Christian things. We should be working in these industries. In whatever ways the Lord open, reveals, the Lord could reveal it in hundreds of ways that I couldn't possibly imagine. And I, I want us to train up students to enter the stage and the TV and the film and the dance industry with, I say, confidence in the Lord and excellence in their craft so that they can work in, uh, they can be a showrunner, they, they can work Uh, in LA they can work in New York they can be a stage manager they can work shows excellent craft and honor the Lord Um, and that may come in that's going to come in ways that I can't possibly imagine but the Lord the Lord can (laughs) so
0: this has been your life you uh have been on stage is that and dancing that you mentioned that's one of your favorites is dancing and then music. And so, what are you doing now? Are you training young people?
1: Yes, I, I, I'm actually. Uh, I'll give it in a nutshell. I started out on the front front end of the stage, like most like most actors do um dancing and then I backed into musical theater and got into acting and then and then uh, singing. And then in my kind of mid-years, I, I have two children and I really wanted to focus on raising children. And the stage industry is very difficult is hard to uh, to coordinate it with the family life. You have to travel a lot to work to get paid. Now you can do it for but to make a living at it, you have to travel and uh, you go you know, wherever you you book a role, and uh, you're gone for many weeks, and it's night and weekend work, just not conducive to raising a family. So during those years, I really got into uh, producing and directing a lot more um, on what we would call a creative team. Um, And uh, doing that kind of work, my daughter pursued musical theater, which kind of put me in uh, the driver's seat as what we call a momager, <laughs> manager slash mom, who's forever fielding opportunities and praying about things and managing all the communication and learning kind of the agent manager side of the of the business and how to deal with bookings and so forth. Um, and by the way, my son is a, a film editor. So both my kids uh, work in this industry. Um, and then I moved into the area that I'm working in now, which shall I go ahead and share about that?
0: Yes. I love to yeah. hear that.
1: Uh, the the creation and the writing end. Um so you know before before you go see Wicked that production's been in 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 the in the works for years and years and years. It takes years to bring a show to the stage. But it starts with the seed of an idea. Uh, you know, lin Memwell reads a biography and says, I think this could be a musical. That's a seed of an idea that happened 10, 50 by now, probably 20 years ago. So um, it all starts with a seed of an idea. And many, many people adapt wonderful uh, stories for stage. That's also a very vital expression. Finding God, honoring stories, adapting them for stage, also a wonderful thing to do. I just wanted to take a stab, knowing that there's this glut in the theater, in the stage industry. There's a glut of God honoring musical theater repertoire. There just is so little out there. So if you teach in a in a Christian school, you produce pretty much the same titles that we produce in the public school. You produce, mm-hmm. you just find the ones that don't offend us too much. <laughs> you know, Mary right. Poppins Junior, Beauty and the Beast. You know, all the Disney titles. Um, yeah. You produce the same repertoire. So some parents will ask, why are we doing the same show uh, the public school is doing that we're working on for months and months? And the answer is we don't have anything. We don't don't have a a catalog. We don't have a canon of literature that is easily producible with students. And um, this is something I just felt, you know, I always think purpose comes from solving a problem. we find our purpose, we're headed towards something, whether we mean to be or not, we're headed towards something. And if we're headed toward becoming the measure of the stature, going into the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, if that's where we're headed, Christ fulfilled his purpose. And we have purpose. So to just see, here's a need, here's a problem I can help solve. That was actually what came to me in my retirement years, I thought, I'm gonna see if I can build out a little bit of a beginning of a repertoire of God honoring musical theater. So that's what I've been doing. Been writing five years, yeah, yeah. So we just launched, we've been writing five years. I have a fabulous team of gifted people who work in the theater industry, who love the Lord, and who know this is a need. And we all they feed into the to the idea base incredibly. We've been working on it five years to build enough rep to open the store. <laughs> and we just opened the platform in January. So what's the name of the platform? Faithbased Student Musicals.com. <laughs> so you're gonna
2: give us the contact information that we can post on our notes. Sure. This has been going on five years and you have a a writing team that's doing different scripts or five years all on one?
1: All different scripts. Um, uh, You do find there are gifted playwrights and composers out there who have written originally like something for their church. For example, there's a lot of work out there like that where our church did a great one written by someone in our church. Our church did this one. Our church did this one. Um, Usually people will have a couple of titles in order to uh, that they've written, in order to open a platform. If I'm a teacher looking for a show for my theater class, I need a lot of choices. So that was one of the reasons we had to write numerous titles. So we've got a few, uh, a couple dozen titles up there, plus a bunch of single songs, which in that whole series was designed for chapel services. Um, but the distinctive of the work of the repertoire is it's strictly musical theater. Is not vertical. It is not praise and worship. It's about if I do love the Lord, therefore, how do I treat you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if I if you're my friend at school and I walk in and overhear you talking bad about me, how do I manage that? It's about playing out biblical truth horizontally in real life in believable situations. So that would be a scenario we would write about, or here's a whole family at Christmas gathering, but two of the adult siblings are, uh, aren't speaking and the children always sense this. How do these children, how do these students interact with each other knowing this conflict's going on between the adults um, or there's unforgiveness in the family. Um, and, but we're all at a gathering together. Um I've done something as a student uh, in my home my parents don't know about that I shouldn't do. And my friend says, well, before you come over to my house like we planned, I think you ought to go talk to your parents about that. How do I respond to that? Uh, What do I do with that challenge? Um, I know a secret someone told me and trusted to me, my other friends begging me to tell the secret or else else I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. So those are the scenarios we, we, we try to encapsulate real-life situations, real Christian people, <laughs> real kids interacting in real life. How does the biblical truth play out in their lives? We, they tend to be, the shows tend to be uh, very character-driven. They're fun and funny, and the songs are highly theatrical, very theatrical, um, and a couple other distinctives we have everything's up on the website. So if you're a teacher and you're thinking about directing it, you can read the whole show, you can listen to every song. you can we actually have audio read throughs of a lot of the shows. So you know, where is this story going? What, what message are we going to teach when this story's over? so that you can we want to build your trust uh, when you come to look, that you're going to find work that honors the Lord, and work that is excellent in, in, in its craft and its true book musical theaters. It's not choral. It's not for a choir. It's not for risers. It's not praise and worship. So, and and I'll tell you our vision, if I may just throw this out after we build it and kind of get our footing and figure out we're learning every day. Um, we would love it to be a central clearing platform for the catalogs of many playwrights and composers of faith. We would love to create a place where these are the works of Sarah Stipe, one of the um, very uh, gifted young ladies on my team, writes very, very well. So as we develop, I would love to have a tab where you can read her work. These are the works of these this composer, playwright. These are the works of this comp- So we create a central platform where a teacher in any kind of Christian setting, uh, a, a Christian school, a camp, uh, a homeschool co-op, um, an arts program, an after school community program, any kind of faith based setting can go and look through these catalogs and find, oh, I can hear my kids doing that. You know, yeah, that's that's the hope. I love this. Yeah. I love this when you said your purpose
2: comes from solving a problem, yes. and you thought, oh, here's a need, here's a problem I can solve, and then you start walking toward it. Yes, I think our listeners need to hear that because I, you and I know that everybody's gifted. Obviously, Marlene, you have a huge gifting in the arts, but I think some people like, what in the heck do I do with my gift? I think there are problems in our world today that our gift might be part of the solution. And then you enter in, uh, I love when you say you enter into what God's doing. It's not about you. Uh, He's roaming the earth, looking for people to you know, that are willing to raise their hands, here am I, send me. And I just am thrilled that you're entering an industry that actually I have loved. My mom majored in drama. I've been in productions. And yet, and yet, yes, I was Princess Ying Yawak and King and I and Scarlet and Little Abner. The deal is I, I, I kind of have a little fear of the industry. And I'm glad you're speaking about this. I hope many people listen to this because we cannot fear the industry. We have to acknowledge our gifts and infiltrate in the appropriate way. And you've given mm. us some really good steps and ways of doing that. Mm. Oh my gosh, I think we could go on and on forever. It's super fun to hear all these things.
0: Yes, I um, am so inspired and astounded by this work that you're doing. And again, I cannot wait to tell my kids about it. Um And I'm excited about the future of this. Um, So, Marlene, if you could tell your younger self one thing, one lesson,
1: one truth, what would it be? I think over and over I learned this lesson (laughs) it's not about me, it's not about you. I am a teeny tiny part in a giant body of Christ. And um, we all, I mean, original sin, you know, says it all. It always, we always start with ourselves because that's all we know. But when it, when the scripture tells us to try to, understand with the mind of Christ and just get out of ourselves and see what does he see when he's looking at this person I'm having trouble bringing along or, or this situation, pull out of who I am and see what God sees. I just, every time I've gotten in trouble in my life, I look back and say, it's because I was trying to make it about me. Um, Mm. and I just can't, remind myself often enough God's economy is completely upside down of this economy so when it's easy you know our our basic agenda is usually our subtext is what can I get I mean we all come at every situation what can I get and I, I think the question is what can I give and um, you know we think bigger is better M- maybe it's not maybe. Maybe bigger is not better. And, you know, whoever would be greatest must be the servant. You know, the first shall be last. Um, You know, in order to live, you must die. Mm -hmm. It's completely paradoxical to everything I think naturally. So I just have to keep reminding myself it's, it's not about me. And I just walk into the situation, if I can just say, what can I give? You know, and, the, and one of the classic expressions I always say to performers is, seek to bless. It's corny, but it works, and you can remember it. Seek to bless and not impress. Mm-hmm. There's not a performer alive who does not want to impress their audience, and the, the bottom line is, it is not possible to impress people. It's not possible. Even if in the one moment in time, oh, you're so good, they'll be right on to the next person, just the next thing they see. And so the constant, you know, celebrity mentality is how do I stay on top? How do I keep this? How do I top my last album? How do I top my last show? So the, there's a constant pressure in that that we naturally put on ourselves, um, and I just try to encourage my students, go on the stage to give something, not to get something. Go go do your piece to give an offering of excellence to the Lord for the audience of one. Offer it up, and it will land on the ears in the way that he intends it to land. Um, rather than, oh, I hope they like me, Oh, they clap for me, I hope you think I'm good, I hope you brave, you know, that's the mentality of the performing arts industry. And I want to flip that on its head, and that's the thing I keep reminding myself, is how do, how do I bless? It's not about me. It's about giving, being a pipeline of what comes through me to give.
0: Oh friends, isn't this true? Not only in the performing arts industries, but in all of life. I don't know about you, but I can quickly forget how big God is and how small I am, and that he is the one who owns the stage. And sometimes I think he's supposed to come to my performance when we are just invited to join him and it's his stage. I know that you want to check out the website that Marlene mentioned and um, see the amazing things that they have for us there. So check out the show notes and also check out the notes to see ways that you can contact Roxanne and myself. We're so thankful that you joined us today. And remember, you are a precious jewel in the eyes of Jesus. Your story matters. Let the world see you so they may see him. Thank you.